Welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Best Future podcast. 3.1415. And then what? Sounds like numbers, Neil. Are we doing something on mathematics today? I think we might be. Uh, oh. That's about the extent of my knowledge. Um, the first uh, uh, the sort of four or five digits of pi. I was going to um, say, but, it sounds like But pi. I think we're going to be looking at something else today, aren't we? We're going to be looking a little bit more uh, than just pi. Uh, we're going to take a look at you know, what you as a budding mathematician need to be considering. Indeed. Um, so this episode is all about studying mathematics at university. It's obviously a, a, a very, very important subject area. Um, and uh, Jeremy, I'm really looking forward to learning more. Yes. Um, mathematics, of course, is something that we all do in school. But are you aware of how extensive uh, mathematics really is? And perhaps more pertinently, its applications are looking a little bit after you finish studying mathematics at university, all different jobs you can go into. Fantastic. That's, that's what we're going to be talking about today, Neil. Wonderful. Let's drill in straight away then. So maths, you said uh, we've all studied it at some level or other, some higher than others. Uh, um, but before we, we sort of go on to look at studying maths, uh, Give us a bit of a big picture overview. Well, it's, it's difficult to think of any area of human endeavor that does not rely on mathematics. And it might be worth looking back at, at the mathematicians down the centuries who have uh, really contributed to mankind's advancement. Um, for example, the, the famous Greek mathematicians, Archimedes, um, he was important for discovering relationship between the surface and volume of a sphere. And then, of course, there's Pythagoras, which most of us remember the name in school. Um, it states that a right-angled triangle is the area of the square on the hypotenuse equals the sum of the areas of the squares of the other two sides. I remember that. I remember that too. Uh, although I have to hold my hand up and confess that I didn't actually do a university degree in mathematics, but of course I did math in school. Um, but then looking a little further afield, very, very famous mathematicians uh, from China, uh, Jing Fang, born in 78 BC, and then Zhang Heng, 78 AD. And these are a couple of the best known ones. Um, but perhaps what, what, what is not so well known is that Arab mathematicians were at the forefront of pushing mm -hmm. forward human knowledge, um, especially around about the sort of 9th, 10th centuries. Uh, Tabit ibn Kura, born in 836 AD. He undertook both theoretical and observational work in astronomy. The Arabs were extremely strong in mathematics and astronomy at that time. Right. And then sort of moving things forward, we come to the Renaissance er, uh, era in Europe, uh, Copernicus. Um, he was the one that came up with the radical theory of the universe, which proved that the Earth revolves around the sun. Because that was radical. It certainly was, and got him into a lot of trouble, uh, because everyone believed firmly, of course, that the uh, sun revolved around the Earth, as you would do if you watched it rise in the east and set in the west each day. And then we have Sir Isaac Newton. He was one of the inventors of calculus. And Carl Gauss 
Um, he published Arithmetical Investigations, which is a foundational textbook laid out the tenets of number theory. Okay. And without this theory, there would be no computers because computers at the most basic level use just two digits, one and zero. And so that's the, a very important advance. And then into the modern era, John uh, von Neumann, he was born in 1903, he really designed the architecture underlying nearly every single computer built on the planet today. And I think we've all used computers, so we owe him a big gratitude of thanks. And then rather interestingly, Alan Turing, he was born in 1912 and he was a, a British mathematician called the father of computer science. And he is very famous for uh, code breaking during World War II. And he was the one that managed to crack the codes for the Nazis Enigma coding machine, which... I watched that uh, movie. It's a fascinating film, <laughs> yes, where they, they managed to capture one of these uh, Enigma coding machines from a, a submarine that was sinking in the Atlantic, and they took it back, and they sort of unraveled its mysteries. And from that point onwards, uh, the British uh, Naval Command were able to read German Navy signals, which was obviously highly advantageous. But And it all comes back to mathematics. So, we so pretty do, much everything, isn't it? And everything. Mathematics is, is, everything. is everywhere, everything, um, you know, the language of our world. Um, and, you know, in school, you look at maths and it, it's uh, – you know, a certain selection of subjects, but it's different as you go on, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, in, in school, you're familiar with the usual arithmetic, algebra, geometry, trigonometry, calculus, statistics, number theory, topology. But when you go on and study mathematics beyond school, um, then you sort of get into a, a, a new area of advanced and pure mathematics. And in advanced mathematics, you'll be looking at things like matrix algebra, numerical analysis, complex numbers, set theory, game theory, Cartesian geometry. Uh, and then in pure mathematics, again, you, of course, you've got algebra, number theory again, uh, topology, combinatorics, mathematical analysis, and then moving along to applied mathematics, statistics and probability. Um, highly useful in many uh, job areas, set theory, calculus, uh, trigonometry. There's just a lot that you will be challenged with at university if you go there to study mathematics. Indeed, and I think it's important to, to sort of frame this conversation around uh, the fact that uh, there is that significant difference uh, between what's learned at school and what's learned at university. Obviously, that's the case pretty much everywhere, but it is uh, a, a real uh, shift um, when you move to mathematics at university, I think it's fair to say. Yes, and, and I, I usually make the point to my students who are thinking of going to study mathematics, you really have to have the passion for mathematics. And, and it goes without saying, you need to be very good at mathematics. Um, if you're just average or struggling in school, then clearly a university math course is probably the wrong choice for you. Yeah, indeed. And I think that's a, that's a great thing to say up front, uh, straight up. If you're not brilliant at maths or really, really good at maths, then it probably isn't the right place for you. Um, because, uh, you know, accessing these concepts um, is famously difficult for people like me who uh, uh, think differently to, to, to mathematicians. Uh, that having been said, um, 
if you do study maths, it opens up a huge world of, uh, of possible career routes, doesn't it? Yes, I mean, it, mathematics is applicable to nearly every industry today, from science and technology, business, retail industry, healthcare, more, and many, many other areas. And it's important to point out that graduates with degrees in mathematics are highly desirable for their mastery of certain skills, they particularly are. for their critical thinking and problem-solving expertise. Right, indeed. And, and, you know, could you give us a quick overview of the, the kind of jobs that you could imagine going into after studying maths obviously you could become a, a math teacher or a, a mathematics professor but uh in in the world outside of education yes i mean the the, the, the list is extremely long so we can't really go through the entire list but we can sure. flag up a few of the uh the more obvious and better known areas that math graduates tend to go into uh, you might become an auditor a data or research analyst computer programmer medical scientist, financial analyst, statistician, actuary, economist, software or sound engineer, investment analysis, um, chartered accountant, game designer, CAD technician, financial trader, software tester, banker, and the list just goes on and, and on. And the list goes on and on. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, if you are talented in this area, it, it, it's certainly a, a subject that opens up a, a, a wide range of professional careers. It's hard to think of any subject that would uh, open up more, actually. Uh, mathematics is really the, the key that opens so many doors for you. Right, indeed. And, and you know, drilling into a few of them, could you give us a sort of picture of the, the, the main areas? Yes, um, accountancy. Uh, this job includes roles such as auditor, tax accountant, management accountant, corporate advisor, um, obviously looking at, at mathematics and, and money. Um, then we move on to banking. I mean, the opportunities in banking, uh, retail banking, corporate investment banking is huge, um, both public and private, there are opportunities to specialize in, in areas such as mergers and admissions or bonds and shares, privatization, lending and IPOs, uh, initial public offerings of shares, that is. Um, right. Your duties as a banker can include market research, creating new business opportunities, developing financial models, providing solutions to clients. Um, it's it's a, a very broad area around the whole financial world, right? Indeed. And skipping down a bit, we you know move to like data analysts, obviously, and computer programmers. Um, I guess uh, statisticians are working um, uh, pretty much across all market areas. Is that right? Yeah, it's a very interesting one. This actually, statisticians work in a variety of fields, including business, engineering, the sciences. Um, they apply and develop new mathematical theories and techniques to solve problems. So these professionals, they design surveys, experiments, opinion polls to collect data, and then they interpret the data and uh, report their conclusions. Right. And, and many mathematicians head off into economics as well. They do, yes. I mean, economists uh, study the production and distribution of goods and resources and services. Uh, by collecting and analyzing data again, uh, researching trends, evaluating economic issues. Um, economists, these professionals study a variety of fields, including health, development, education, the environment, 
while others study employment levels, exchange rates, business cycles. There's right. a, a lot of opportunities for an economist. Indeed. And, and you know, so there's, there's those two main areas I can see, which is sort of money uh, and then computers, uh, data, uh, computer sciences, uh, those kind of things, data analysis. Uh, is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, it's, it all comes down to data analysis, uh, crunching numbers and making uh, modeling uh, programs to yeah, solve problems. Yeah. And engineering, of course, is something that, that, that uh, is um, uh, associated as well. Very much so. If you're thinking about studying engineering at university, you, you need to have a, a strong grasp of mathematics. Right. And mathematicians can go in that direction, I guess, as well afterwards at master's level. Yes, absolutely. Right, indeed. So, you know, a really broad spectrum of professional routes uh, for people um, heading there. Yes, or, or you could go off and work in an area which is not obviously directly connected with mathematics. You could become a politician, Indeed. businessman, a consultant of some sort, military officer, work in local or national government, civil servant, journalist, detective, entrepreneur. You know, the, the list goes on because your skills are going to come in useful regardless of where you land up. Okay, so we know what mathematicians do. We, we have a, a kind of an idea of what kind of things you're going to be studying. Um, how do you prepare for uh, your best possible application for a mathematics course? Well, that is, of course, a key question of great interest to high school students. Um, I think it's worth saying that at university, you'll be developing skills that are highly valued by employers. Right. Um, however, you may already possess some of these skills. Um, for example, an understanding of theories and techniques that underlie modern mathematics and the ability to apply them. Uh, an analytical approach to problem solving, a very important uh, skill to have. Effective use of software for analytical and modeling skills. Working independently to tight deadlines. This, of course, applies in many, many different professions. Uh, developing research skills to help prepare you for a career in research, teamwork. Um, a lot of emphasis and value is placed on your ability to work in a team. Written and oral communication skills. There's almost no way to avoid that in any job nowadays. So these are the sort of skills that uh, you may already possess or you will be honing when you move on to university. And what are the subject uh, requirements for studying maths? I guess it's quite simple. Uh, yes, take the highest level of mathematics available in your school. Right, exactly. And be okay. good at it. And <laughs> be very good at it, yes. And, uh, and also, get, get high grades. That always helps. Yes, indeed. And, and so in the IB contacts, that's higher level uh, maths AA. Um, either would do probably right. AA, yeah. Yeah. And um, in, in um, uh, other contexts, it's the, 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 the higher advanced level mathematics course, whatever that is. Is that right? Yes, just, just take the highest level that your school offers. Right, indeed. And, and um, 
is there anything else that you could you know, advise to prospective uh, math students? Yeah, we touched on this a little earlier in the episode. You need to love maths. You right. need to be fascinated by it. Right. And that's critically important, isn't it? It is, because if you're going to develop and move forward and enjoy the whole concept and idea of mathematics, then you, you need to have this sort of inner passion for mathematics. Okay. So assuming that you're doing the highest level maths course available and you love maths, uh, what specific advice can you offer students considering studying this subject? Um, well, the, the, there are certain things that you're going to have to consider. Um, like, first off, you know, which country do you want to study in? Uh, sure. I, know, I know that's not necessarily a very mathematical sort of answer, but it is something you're going to have to look at. Um, but very importantly, have a careful look at the course content on the university's website, because they do vary from university to university. And just ask yourself a simple question. Is this what I want? Does this meet my needs? Um, and then you can look for courses which allow you to go out and work in a company, uh, right. inter internships. Um, these are called either placement courses, sandwich courses, co-op courses, depends which country you're in. Um, but they all boil down to the same thing. They, they give you a great opportunity to experience the world of work. And obviously, this will stand you in good stead when you finish university because you can offer your prospective employer not only the, ma the uh, mathematics that you've studied in your degree, your academic program, but also the practical hands-on work experience. Right. Indeed. And, um, you know, uh, uh, anything else that we should, should be covering? I guess uh, taking a good look at the specific course. Uh, that you're looking at, maybe looking at uh, future outcomes? Yes, most universities, interestingly enough, they, they, they publish usually on the departmental page a list of places where their graduating students have gone on to work. And I think if you're a high school student listening to this, go and have a look. Uh, it will really open your eyes to the breadth of uh, prospective professions which are uh, open to you it's it's well worth the effort to go and look at this right and there's all the practical stuff as well i guess um practical things like the cost of tuition fees the living costs of university inevitably uh, irrespective of which subject you decide to uh, study at uni university and talk to your parents see what the budget is right indeed yeah and then the university environment it's very very important to land in a place that you actually like because if you feel happy and comfortable there, you're much more likely to be academically successful. Some people love the idea of being in the center of a big city like New York or London or Paris, uh, whereas other students would prefer to go to a smaller city or, or even a rural campus. It's really a question of what suits you best. And then, of course, very important, housing. You're not only going to study there, you're going to live there. Does the university guarantee housing for first-year students for all of the years of your course? Um, you need to check this out, obviously. And then work. Uh, some students need to part finance their studies by working. Now, the, the question here really is, if you are going to leave your own country and go and study somewhere else, does your visa allow you to work in that country? And you need to check this out. I mean, countries, for example, like UK, Canada, US, will allow you as a foreign student to work, usually with a restricted number of hours, mm -hmm. typically about 20 hours a week. 
Um, but you do need to check the terms and conditions of your visa to see what you're allowed to do work-wise. Right, indeed. And I guess um, there's the uh, ever-present uh, idea of checking the rankings of the courses that you're you're applying for, um, not just the university rankings, but the uh, course rankings, if you're going to study maths. Is that right? Yes, it's, it's an interesting one, this. I mean, uh, we, we made a separate podcast episode on, on this matter of rankings. Um, if you look at a rankings website, you can see the overall rankings of universities in that country or possibly worldwide. You can also see um, the subject rankings, like where is the best university for mathematics in the UK, for example, or right. in Canada or wherever you're heading. Um, that also makes interesting reading. Uh, and not to forget, of course, that you need to check the entry requirements to your prospective university, and you have to make sure that you meet those requirements. Right. I think the other thing is that maths is obviously uh, often um, uh, taught in combination with something else, so maths and economics or econometrics or or one of the other subject areas. Uh, and, um, you know, you need to decide whether you want to uh, stay within pure maths or whether you want to do a combined course, I guess. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the, there are some very obvious uh, courses which sit neatly alongside mathematics, like sort of finance courses, etc. Um, I, I did have a student once who wanted to actually study mathematics and music. Right. Um, very talented in both areas. And uh, he was able to find a university which would allow him to major in mathematics and take a minor in music. So he had a, a very nice balance to his uh, university experience. So Jeremy, let's take a look and see what you need in order to apply for a maths degree. How should you approach that? Well, initially, of course, you need to decide which country you want to apply to. Uh, um, maybe you're going to apply to more than one country, which is fine. Um, then beyond that, you need to look at your grades and match them with the entry requirements at particular right. universities. That's very important. Um, also very important is to look carefully at the course content year by year. You know, what you actually study, which modules are mandatory, which ones are what we call electives, where you can choose from a long list of uh, modules and units. Look at the location of the university. Uh, do, do you actually want to go and live there? Um, very, very important. Look at the percentage of graduating students who are employed within six months of graduation. This is a key right. statistic, really. Um, also, universities publish where their graduating students have gone on to work, the different career areas. And that can make very uh, interesting and useful reading for you because you can then visualize the sort of breadth of careers you can move into. And with a degree like mathematics, uh, you have a huge choice. Indeed, indeed. And so all of those things um, all play together. Um, and, um, you know, we talked a little bit about rankings earlier. I think it's important to, to, to point out that, um, you know, university rankings are different to course rankings, aren't they? Yes, indeed. Um, just because a university is ranked number one in your country doesn't mean necessarily it's the top place for mathematics students to go to. Um, it's certainly worth having a little look at the subject rankings. Yes, indeed. And you can find them where? 
Um, most ranking websites uh, give you filters, so you can filter in various criteria, one of which, of course, is subject. Indeed. Okay. And, you know, I guess uh, making the application depends on which location you're applying to. Yes, very much. Um, some countries operate a completely centralized system, like the UCAS system in the UK. You just apply through that website, UCAS.com. You list the five courses or five universities you want, and that's it. Um, other countries um, operate similar systems as the Common Application or Common App in the United States. Um, but most countries, you are going to be applying direct to the university itself. So you'll go onto the university's website, you'll create your account and do the form filling side of things. And then you have to do what's called uploading supporting documents. And there will be a list on the website. For example, they, they will certainly ask you for the photo page of your passport, a transcript of your grades, which of course you can get from your high school college counselor. Um, eventually, they'll want you to send in your final school uh, results, whether it's IB or British A-levels or baccalaureate or abitur, whatever you're doing. Um, you'll probably have to write a motivation letter, maybe submit a CV or resume. Um, it varies from place to place, but there will be a list and you just have to upload these documents. And when they are all there, then the university will process your application and contact you with their decision. Right, indeed. And uh, the, the key words are there are when they're all there, aren't they? Um, yes. Uh, you need to make sure that every bit of paper is uh, provided or else they just won't move forward. That's correct. Uh, so you do need to have a careful look and make sure everything gets uploaded. Indeed, indeed. And we've got episodes uh, around most of those uh, application processes, don't we? We have indeed, yes. So uh, if you're interested in a specific country, then take a look at the uh, uh, well, vast back catalogue of episodes that we have and uh, you'll find one around either applying to Canada or applying to the UK and the different variants. Um, finally, here in this section, um, what about cost? Uh, you know, uh, how long is a piece of string? <laughs> as long or as short as you wish it to be. Um, Costs, yeah, it varies hugely by country, by university, and also by the nationality of the student who's applying. Um, anything from free to $70,000 a year. Right. So a huge difference. So huge difference. if you shop around, you get what you want. Absolutely. It's really a question. You get a good education in many, many different places. The question is, how much do you want to pay and where do you want to go? So, pearls of wisdom time, uh, Jeremy. Have you got any uh, great advice to sum up uh, this episode, uh, things that people should be thinking about? I have indeed. Don't just take math because you think it will lead to a good job. There are plenty of other subjects that will do that. You need to study math because you're fascinated by its intricacies, its beauty and its potential. Wow, that is a pearl of wisdom. And it's very, very true, isn't it? It certainly um, is. You know, uh, many subjects, uh, you know, are interchangeable in terms of, uh, uh, of, you know, whether you studied this or this. But for mathematics, it really is about your passion for, for maths. And, uh, um, and only then, I guess, will you be truly successful. 
it's a special passion and a special skill, I think, if you're going to go and do mathematics and be successful at it. And of course, enjoy right. it. Indeed. And in the end, um, if you don't enjoy it, there's no point in doing it at all. Agreed. Now, Jeremy, uh, two important matters. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know what's um, coming, Neil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm expecting a Hawaii pizza today, but I'm not sure. Yeah. What, are you, what are you doing? Well, I, you know, I had such a rush afternoon at work and then hurried home here to do this podcast. I haven't had time to even think about what I'm going to cook this evening. Ah, uh, so it'd be a cheese sandwich then? No, no, no. Um, I think I'm probably going to go out and, yeah, perhaps go around the local Italian place and get a pizza like you suggested. There you go. Sounds good to me. Whatever yes. you do, Jeremy, I hope you enjoy it and uh, look forward to the next one. Thank you, Neil. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share the Find Your Best Future podcast. <laughs>